Hello, I'm Philip Sales. In this video, I'm interviewing Lord Faulkner, a cabinet minister in the last Labour government, about a minister's role in taking a bill through Parliament. Lord Faulkner, we've reached the stage where, as a minister, you have government support for your bill, you've been given parliamentary time for it. What role do you have in taking the bill through Parliament? You're responsible as the Secretary of State for ensuring all aspects of the parliamentary process go well and you will be responsible for all the main parliamentary appearances in your house. So if you're a Commons Minister and Secretary of State, you'll be responsible for the second reading, you'll be responsible for the really difficult and important bits in the committee stage and you'll be responsible for the third reading and similarly in the House of Lords. Now a choice has to be made which House of Parliament a bill is introduced in. Who decides on that? L committee will decide that, which is the business managers. The factors they will have in mind will be, if this is a really politically contentious bill, you have to start in the Commons, because by the time you get to the Lords, you're vulnerable to being amended, both in terms of detail and in terms of policy. You're far better off in the Lords, having got a, a big thumbs up from the Commons before you do it. If it is essentially not a politically contentious bill, a bill that everybody expects to get through and everybody wants to get through, then you can start in the Lords. Most bills start in the Lords, in the Commons, sorry. Does it make a big difference in terms of parliamentary procedure which House a bill is introduced in? No, it does not. Both Houses ultimately have to agree. What differences are there for a Minister in terms of handling debates and procedure in the Lords and in the Commons? Uh, that can be overrated. In the Commons, uh, the real difference is that the government, whether it be a coalition government now or a Labour government or Conservative government in the past, has a huge majority and will be able effectively to get all legislation through. That means the debates that go on in the Commons don't tend to be about the precise detail. They tend to be on the bigger issues because everybody knows the government will win every division. And what's the difference then in the House of Lords? In the Lords, because there's, it, there's, the government has no majority, and if you've got a good point on the detail, it is possible for the government to get defeated, and it regularly is. So if you've got an education bill, and there are a lot of educationalists, lots of former teachers, former uh, in educational inspectors, they think that there's a particular thing that could be changed. If they convince the crossbenchers, the Liberal Democrats and the Conservatives, if they were in the opposition, that this was the right thing to do, they can defeat they could defeat the government as they did repeatedly in the past. So the debates that go on in the Lords are much, much more focused on making the bill in detail better. There's also another fundamental difference, which is in the Lords, every single amendment has to be debated. Whereas in the Commons, there's, there's a guillotine, there's a specified amount of time during the committee stage when the bill can be debated, and the Speaker decides which of a huge number of amendments he calls, and he will only call the important ones. How is the political negotiation to secure a majority in the House of Lords conducted? Uh, informally, between the Minister and those members of the, of, the, of the opposition party who are prominent in that particular bill. So it won't be done with the leader of the Lib Dems or the Tories or whichever group you have to deal with. It'll be dealt with between the minister and usually a backbencher who will have started the particular problem that he may be facing on the bill. If there's a conflict between Lords and Commons on a bill, how does that get sorted out? Uh, something called ping-pong takes place. If the bill starts in the Lords and goes to the Commons, and the Commons agree every aspect of the bill, the bill never comes back to the Lords. If, however, the Commons disagree on a part of the bill, then that part where they disagree comes back to the Lords. And the question for the Lords at that stage is, do they agree with the Commons, or do they send it back to the Commons? Generally, 
they, the Lords will will amend whatever stuff has come from the Commons slightly because if there's a if 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 it goes back and forth twice with the same provision, then that the whole bill is lost, and generally nobody wants to lose a whole bill. The Lords will will ping pong between the Commons on amendments where there's disagreement, and generally you will find if there are three disagreements, the Lords will give way on two and insist on one. Because broadly, the attitude of the Lords is we won't say no to legislation. We expect the changes we've made to be listened to and some of them respected. But by and large, if the Commons really press, we'll give way. And does the Commons respect that as well? So they will accept that it's a political negotiation at some level and accept some amendments from the Lords? As long as the amendments that are coming from the Lords tend to be non-political improvements to the bills, they will generally accept. From time to time, they won't because there will be big... That, you know, there'll be pressure in the Commons to, to reject the Lords altogether, and we will generally give way on those as well. When the bill is introduced in either House, it's given what's called the first reading. What happens on first reading? What role does a minister have? A minister has no role. A clerk announces the Widgets and Bridgets bill, first reading, uh, and that, he then sits down. Nothing happens on the first reading. It's simply a way of putting the uh, bill into play in each House. There's then a second reading of the bill. What, what happens on second reading? The second reading of a bill is intended to be a debate about the principles of the bill. It's, uh, the, 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 the first speaker in the debate is the minister introducing the bill. Uh, he's then responded to by the main opposition spokesman, and then there's backbench uh, interventions in relation to it, and then uh, the opposition second minister respond or second shadow minister responds and then generally the second minister in the department responds on behalf of the government and the purpose of it is to debate the principle. And, and how long will the minister's speech in introducing the bill take? 25 minutes, half an hour. And is that scripted for It's them? scripted by uh, uh, his officials because there are, you, you've got to try and go through the detail of the bill. You've got to, you're basically saying to parliament this bill is in order to reduce antisocial behaviour in the country. The way it does it is 26 different orders. Section 2 introduces antisocial behaviour orders. Uh, uh, Section 3 introduces acceptable behaviour contracts. Section 3 introduces um, curfews on going out after 6 o'clock in Litchfield. And you've got to explain what each of these do. But you're, you're trying to explain it in a neutral way. And is there a vote on the bill at this stage? In the Lords, the Lords... Uh, almost invariably will not vote on a second reading. And indeed, the convention in the Lords is you won't vote on a second reading because the role of the House is as a, as a revising chamber. And if you don't let the bill get to the committee stage, then you can't revise. However, from time to time, if the Lords are really agitated about something, they will vote on whether or not there should be a second reading. And do the Commons vote on whether there they vote? Well, a... unless the opposition agree with the bill, they will almost invariably vote on second readings. The bill then moves to the committee stage. Yeah. What's the significance of the committee stage? At the, the, the theory of the committee stage is that the, that the House of Commons or the House of Lords is looking at the detail of the bill and it's going through each individual clause and considering whether or not the precise wording is right or wrong. Obviously, looking at the precise wording involves points of principle. So at committee stage in both houses, there will often be objections from individual MPs or the opposition to an, a, a, a section standing part of the bill at all. But the main purpose of the committee stage is to look at the detail and see if by amendment it can be improved. Does the committee stage take place on the floor of each house? The committee stage takes place on the floor of each house if it's a constitutional bill. 
all committee stages take place on the floor of the House in the House of Lords. In relation to all safe constitutional bills, the committee stages take place off the floor of the House in a committee room somewhere else. In, in the Commons? In the Commons, yeah. How does the process of amending a bill in committee work? Uh, if it is a government amendment, uh, the, the government will, pl- will, will, will place in an office in the Commons the amendments that they want. Equally, if it's an opposition amendment, they will place in the office an amendment they want. On the first committee day, they will be produced something called a consolidated list of amendments. Those consolidated list of amendments will then be open for debate at the committee stage. In the Commons, the Speaker selects which amendments will be debated because normally the number of amendments put down in the Commons is too many for them all to be debated. Each committee stage has got a time limit on it, and that's why you need to select which amendments to debate. Uh, The basis upon which the Speaker selects the amendments is unknown to me and appears to be entirely random. I think what he's trying to do, or she's trying to do, is to select those which are the most important. In the Lords, there's the consolidated list of amendments, and each one of them has to be debated, unless the putter down of the amendment withdraws them. Why would the government introduce amendments to its own bills? Because uh, as a bill is going through parliamentary scrutiny, the government itself will often see mistakes it's made, how it can improve things, uh, and there'll be inconsistencies between one part of the Act and another, and they'll be correcting and correcting all the time. So government amendments are to deal with those sort of mistakes. There will also be occasions, particularly in the Lords, where there is a debate that goes on between opposition and government, and the government then sees a way to compromise it, and they will often put an amendment down which reflects that sort of compromise. What sorts of opposition amendments do you face? Uh, you, you face every single sort of oppositional amendment from amendments that are, as it were, legal-type amendments which say you're trying to achieve this, whereas, in fact, uh, you've achieved the latter. You should do it this way. Other amendments which are trying to say, well, we agree with what you're doing, but let's introduce some safeguards in relation to it, to amendments which are determined to, in effect, frustrate the purpose of your bill. So every single sort. What amount of notice do you get for opposition amendments? Uh, the amendments in the Lords and the Commons have not got to be put down more than a week before, but that's a convention, not a not a not a, a sort of binding principle. And you can have what are called handwritten amendments. Handwritten amendments means amendments that are put down even during the course of the debate. But those amendments will normally be in response to something that's happened during the course of it. So you generally have at least a few days' notice. And what happens when a set of amendments lands on your desk or your civil servant's desk? What they do is they they hopefully have got clear enough instructions to the minister to know what their response should be. They will then write um, notes which will which you should be capable of, if necessary, reading out when you come to the committee stage, because you might have two ministers uh, in the Lords and the Commons dealing with, say, 150 amendments in one session. So you can't be expected to, as it were, formulate the detail of the answer. You should, as a minister, broadly know what your response to the amendments is, because you've settled the, 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 the policy, you've discussed it with the civil servants, you should know broadly the direction of travel. And how are you prepared for the debate in committee on, on amendments? Uh, you're given a huge file which contains each one of the amendments, this is in the Lords, with what your speaking note is. In the Commons, you only need to be given the speaking notes for the amendments that have been called by the Speaker, and the Speaker will indicate which ones he's calling a few days before. 
And uh, can you be given notes in the course of debates in committee? You're frequently given notes in the course of debate in committee because you very frequently discover, here's the amendment, you think this is what the point is, and then the person proposing the amendment, in fact, has got a completely different point in mind, and then you've got to deal with it on the hoof, so, assisted by civil servants in a box behind you. So civil servants are there to help you at the committee Exactly. Hearings. But it's happening at very considerable speed. In the Lords, many of the amendments are reflected in these compromises. Uh, the precise purpose of amendments and the precise circumstances in which they get passed in the Lords is often very, very opaque. So you would like a process like this to be, in a sense, much slower than it is, that amendments, particularly important ones, are the subject of more debate beyond Parliament, because then you would know what the purpose was and people would be able to sort of think through what the effect would be. But in fact, it's a, it's a very adversarial process in which you are constantly, as the government minister, trying to ensure you get the bill to the end, because more important than an individual amendment almost invariably tends to be making sure you can get the bill out of your house in time for it to pass in that session. So amendments and the debate have been conducted at great speed, uh, under great pressure, with anything that is not a major political issue being regarded as very, very, very you know, less significant than other things. Do you ever have occasions where the note from your civil servants is in handwriting that you can't read? Yes, often it is. And I mean, you're often, you're often getting things where the note was written three weeks ago, and by the time you get to the Commons or the Lords, it's perfectly clear that the amendment is really about something completely different. Are there any opportunities to amend legislation after the committee stage? Yes. Uh, it, there's an opportunity both in the Lords and the Commons to uh, amend it at the third reading stage. At the third reading stage, you're supposed to have gone through the committee stage and you're asking both the Commons and the Lords at the third reading stage, well, do you really want to pass this in the form that it is now in? But the Commons and the Lords are able to say, yes, we're willing to pass it, but only if you amend it in this particular way. And there are, although there are very many less amendments than in the committee stage, there are frequently amendments made at the third reading and does the minister have a role at the third reading stage as well? He, uh, he leads for the government and he indicates what amendments he's been willing to agree to. Because very frequently, both in the Commons and the Lords, it's at that stage that the final form of the bill is, is revealed. Lord Faulkner, thank you very much. Thank you.